Alrighty, so uh, just about a year ago, Joe and I got to share the stage and talk through uh, who we are as individuals in Christ and that God has established us with certain roles and goals according to who we are uh, individually, who we are within our families, our workplaces. So uh, the audio clip coming up here is from that talk. I uh, pray you guys are blessed. Give it a listen. And then there's a little bit of an assignment at the end. Make sure you guys follow through and do it. Tonight, the whole heart, okay, what we want to go through in God's Word with you, if you guys are taking notes and writing stuff down, which I would encourage you to do, um, the roles and goals of God's children. I was very much encouraged, something that Joe kind of began to talk and share uh, months ago, maybe. It's like, we, we have got to go through this, and you've got to share this uh, just with the young adults group, because this is too good to hang on to. We're not talking about New Year's resolutions. If you made some, keep them, at least try to, go for it, have a good time. Um, I've realized that I like to set goals, but resolutions, I typically fall flat on my face rather quick. Um, I started eating healthy December 31st, and I stopped eating healthy December 31st, and I didn't even make it to the New Year. I was like, what on earth just happened? Uh, but so tonight, the heart is to walk through not just a New Year's resolution, but as a believer in Jesus Christ, okay, uh, there are definitive roles that you are to fulfill as a man or a woman of God. And within those roles, there's this handing of the baton where the Lord says, I'll define who you're supposed to be. And with that comes great confidence and clarity and security and peace and power. But now I want you to take that, and I want you to begin to plan your ways. I will direct your steps, but you plan your ways, and we're going to do this uh, co-ministry type of thing through life, and we're going to do it together. But you got to move. You got to have some goals. You got to have some vision. You got to be on the road. So um, we're going to pray and just kind of jump into it. I know I kind of already messed it all up. (laughs) So if you guys are good for a night, by the way, I already drank out of this one. Sorry. Me too. Oh, all right. (laughs) So tonight, look, everyone take a deep breath for me. You're going to help me relax here. Okay, thank you. Um, You're just going to see two interesting people try and share some things that the Lord's put in their heart. Okay, can we do that together tonight? Um, And we're just going to make this thing happen. We're going to glean from God's word uh, and we're going to make it till the trumpet blast. Uh, I love what Pastor Chris says, till rapture or rupture. Whether we, we, something breaks and we die or the rapture happens, we want to walk this walk with you guys. But let's, let's pray and get into it tonight. Uh, Father, we come to you aware, Lord, of our need. It is real. It is unending. Uh, Lord, we are desperate for you today. As desperate today as we were the day we discovered our need for salvation. Not a minute has gone by where we haven't been in need of your grace and your mercy, your wisdom from on high. And so, Lord, we look to your word to be a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. Uh, Lord, that you would encourage those tonight that are heavy-hearted and downtrodden. Lord, you'd give clarity to those who feel just a bit lost or stuck. Lord, speak to us. Minister to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. Amen. Um, all right, we're going to bounce back and forth a little bit here, but as we go into uh, these roles and these goals, what are we talking about, okay? Uh, 
Look, the Bible gives very clear roles that you're to play, whether that's a man or a woman, a husband or a wife, a neighbor, a business owner, an employee, a neighbor, a friend. It speaks so clearly into these roles that we are to walk into. And tonight, the three main things that God has called you to be aware of, okay? Uh, Just a general overview real quick. Your role as a child of God is above everything else. So your role as a child of God, your role within relationships, and your role within society. If you know where those three things are at or where you are at in those three things, you will know who you are, you will know what you are, and you will know where you are supposed to be. If you know your role with God, your role with people, and your role within society, you will know who you are, you will know what you are, and you will know exactly where you're supposed to be. And so tonight, uh, our heart is to be in to make those things clear and just introduce you to thinking a little bit differently. Uh, Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. This is something the Lord's been really churning up in my heart over the last couple of weeks at the very least. It says, so teach us. We've got to learn. This isn't a natural thing. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Uh, in the same way, remember when you were a kid, or maybe you're still like this, you have money in your pocket, and you buy some Skittles, and then you buy a Snickers bar, and then you uh, lend your friend five bucks, and pretty soon all your money's gone, and you don't know where it went. You just frivolously let it go one at a time, and pretty soon you're broke. Well, every day you're spending a moment of life, okay? 24 hours, you're laying it down, you're laying it down. We're already seven days gone in this year. You've laid down seven dollar bills, and it's ticking down, and this year will be gone. And the The prayer in Psalm 90 here is, Lord, teach us to number our days, not to be wasteful with them, not to spend them frivolously and get to the end and go like, I'm out of time? What did I spend it on? And so the heart tonight is, Lord, teach us not to get to the end with great regrets, with hollow lives, but to have spent it well, right? Does that make sense? Joe's going to maybe make a little bit more sense out of it than I do. (laughs) I don't know. I, I came across this roles and goals thing maybe a few years ago, and it started making sense because I, um, like most people at the beginning of the year, or the, right at the end of the year, will make New Year's resolutions. And this is not a New Year's resolution. This, for the purpose of tonight, roles and goals are to be intentional uh, about fulfilling Jesus' commandment, Jesus' commandment of loving God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so it's not just, I know, I, I grew up in the church I, from a young age. I was just talking to someone before service about that and kind of just did what I was told and, and then graduated high school and just kind of just flowed with, went with the flow and maybe created some New Year's resolutions like, I want to run, I want to run a mile in 10 minutes, which I know isn't fast, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you set those things, and I still do those things, but I came across these roles and the, these goals, and, and David did a, a great job of explaining what we're going to be talking about and breaking it down into these three different parts. Um, so the first thing is to recognize that God has given us, um, recognize where God has placed you in, where God has you. God did not make a mistake by placing you in this time of history. Even though we might be like, man, this world's going crazy. Why, why did I have to be born at this time? Why can't I be born at that? God didn't make a mistake. 
He doesn't make mistakes. He has been intentional about placing you in this time of history, in this geolocation, in this church, at this time, at this moment, to hear this message. Um, And so we're called to be intentional about recognizing those things where God's put us in. And then to be intentional and faithful with those things by creating, and and the way we do that is by recognizing the role and then setting setting goals for ourselves for the year. Um, So what is a role? Uh, Just for clarity's sake, a role is the position or purpose that someone has in a, in a situation, organization, society, or relationship. Um, for me, uh, yes, I'm a child of God, and we're going to get into that, but I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I almost said mother, I'm not a father and mother. I'm a father, I'm a husband, <laughs> right? I'm a friend, I, I serve in this church, I, uh, you know, I, I'm an employee at some level, and I'm a manager at other levels. Um, and it can go, I, when I first heard about this, I started making a huge list of all the different roles that I am. And I want to just remember that the most important thing is that you're a child of God. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dive into that. Yep. Um, and then, but when we take a look at these roles, remember Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he shall direct your, your paths. It's one thing to identify those roles or to think that you know what they are, but it's another thing to ask the Lord, show me who I am, who you've created me to be, and what you want me to do for these these specific roles. Um, And then a goal. Uh, There's this great quote by Dave Ramsey. It says, goals are visions and dreams with with work clothes on. Goals are what actually puts action to the dreams and the visions that we have. Um, and so for tonight's sake, if you can think of goals when we talk about it, there's an overarching broad goal, right, that is the vision and the dream, and then we put actionable specific items to, to, to achieve that goal. So we make them specific. And with that, the first role that we're going to, and before we do that, I want to caution you guys. If you're like me, um, man, I will set New Year's resolutions or goals, or whatever it is, and I will fail at them. <laughs> How many of you are like that? Like, like oh, I look back on last year's. I'm a professional like, <laughs> failure. It's awesome. I'm good at it. I'm probably the best in the room. When we talk about the first role, <laughs> it, there's so much comfort for me specifically in that. Um, because, I mean, I have two children at home. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, two boys. And I know when they fail... I don't look at them and go, you big dumb dumb, <laughs> like, like, get away from me. I don't want to spend any time with you. Like, it's not that at all. There, I have this love for him and how much more the Father's love for us. Yep, amen. And Jesus says in Matthew 6, 34, he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Yes, we'll set these goals, and they might be big or overarching, but it's like if you fail, there's always tomorrow kind of thing. God just says, hey, just seek me. Follow me. Yeah. Um, and then there's, in Romans 8, 1, it says, there is no condemnation within Christ for those, uh, which, for those who are in Christ. Um, and we have to remember that. Um, and so we're going to uh, jump into the first role. Yeah, with that, um, if you can't tell... By the end of tonight, you're going to 
basically be asked or commissioned to go home and do something, to go home in the next 24 hours, get alone with the Lord, pen and paper, be still, pen and paper Bible, be still, and to go through in your own life and you write down what roles do you fulfill. You know, Joe said, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a friend. Uh, he serves at the church. He's a son. He's a brother. He's, I mean, it goes on. And to go down and then to ask God to speak into those areas. Lord, what would you have me do in these different areas of my life? And actually tangibly write these things down and then go for it, all right? Uh, but the first one tonight, and it's not, it's not arbitrarily first. It's not random. We didn't, you know, pick it out of a hat. This is absolutely first because it is kind of the only thing that matters most. And that is your role as a child of God. That doesn't mean your assignment because you're a Christian. So many people step into, okay, what's my assignment because I'm a Christian? And this is where I blew it big time for so long as a believer. I knew God as master and commander, reporting for duty, sir, what do you have for me? And as soon as the Lord wanted to, I just want to know you as a son today. Like, I, I don't understand. Is that my mission? Know you as a father? Yes, sir. Like, no, no hey, relax. Like, you're my son. And it took years for me to know God as Father, not just Lord, Master, Commander, God. But once we broke through and understood him as Father, it's the most used term Jesus repeats throughout the Sermon on the Mount over and over and over and over and over again. Know God as Father and know yourself as his child. James chapter 4 kind of invites us and, and almost mandates, but it's a gentle but clear invitation Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. This drawing near, it means approach. To approach God, take a step to be intentional and to move yourself towards the Lord. That as a child of God, I'm to invest into that relationship with my Father in heaven. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, it means not all do, but all can, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. That there's this opportunity to become a child of God. And once you are, you forever are that way. He's your father and you are his child. Ephesians chapter 1, this has got to be one of my favorite passages. I wish we had a half an hour to talk about this alone. But Ephesians 1 verse 4 and 5 says, just as he chose us, in him before the foundations of the world. Okay, pause. When did God choose you? Before, before he said, let there be light in Genesis 1. Before the waters covered the earth, before the creeping things, before the plants, before all of it. He already knew you and the relationship he wanted to have. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. And then he describes what he chose you to be, that we should be holy and without blame before him. And he did this in love, it says. So God said, when they're before me, I want them to feel no blame. I want them to feel completely free. I want them to be holy and pure in my presence, not full of shame or tainted by sin. And then having predestined or planned in advance to adopt us as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Meaning before God said, let there be light and spoke things into existence, he said, at the end of this whole thing, 
I am going to create a people that they're not going to be just my servants. They're not going to be the butlers in heaven. They're not going to polish the streets of gold, although that would be nice enough. I want them to know me. The angels, they know me different. I want them to know me as a father and a child know each other. And it's out of his goodwill. It brought God joy to know that he would bring you into his family through adoption. He planned this all so far in advance that he would wipe the slate clean, take away your sins, give you his holiness and purity, and know you as his child. There is nothing else more important. I want to be, whatever you want to be in life is fine, but it's second. Your marriage will never be more important than the one you have with the Lord. All of it. Nothing, nothing will ever be more important than your role as God's child. Not your assignment that comes from it. Your role as God's child. Okay? Now from that, how do we, right, it says draw near, approach God. There's so many ways of doing that and Joe probably has a certain way of doing it. I, my, we all do, but we're just going to shine a little bit of light into kind of what that looks like and challenge you guys to go home and put pen to paper and, and figure that out for yourself. But. Yeah, so, I mean, giving, recognizing is the first step, recognizing that you're a child of God. And then bringing, a, and we're talking about roles and goals. Goals, the practicality of that, right? So what's the broad, overarching goal of being a child of God? Well, it's to grow in that relationship with him, um, right? It's, it's very general, right? It does, it's, uh, and it, that relationship takes work. Um, I think about this a lot, that it's like, well, if it takes work, I'm not, our salvation isn't dependent on our works, but our relationship with the Lord is, um, which is kind of a, a weird thing to say, but at the same time, it's like, we see it in, in our everyday lives, right? With my child at home, it takes work for both of us to have a relationship. If he ignored me all the time, that would not be a father-son relationship. Uh, even if I was pursuing him, if he just ignored me, I would, I would, it would hurt me, right? And so relationships take work. Um, and I think about the, the work that, Christ, that God did to establish that relationship for us is huge. He sent his son to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have that communion with him. Um, and it's to be intentional. The Bible's riddled with it. Uh, uh, David just gave uh, James, it says, draw near to him and he will draw near to us. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Hebrews eleven six six 6 says, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is constantly telling us to seek him. Jesus says, ask and it will be, give, it, it will be given. Knock and it will be opened. Seek and you will find, right? So, in this relationship, there's a pursuit that we're supposed to have. So what does that practically look like? We have that broad, what are actionable items that we do? And I know from it, it comes down to two simple things at the beginning. Having a devotional life and spending time in the word, because that's how God has revealed himself to us, one of the main ways, and having a prayer life. That devotional life, for me personally, like I said, growing up in this church, knowing that I should read my Bible, hearing that I should read my Bible, being told I should read my Bible. And it wasn't until I was like, Lord, I want to know you. I want to seek you. And the only way I know is to read my Bible. <laughs> and I'm just going to commit to reading a chapter a day. Um, and, and that's where it started for me. And that's where it was like the light started turning on in my, in my, in my spirit with the Lord, in that relationship with the Lord. Just committing to 
reading a chapter a day. Um, maybe you guys already have a devotional life, and I would challenge you to dive deeper into that, into that devotional life with him. Um, and there's lots of ways to do that, right? How many of you guys have the Bible app uh, on your phone? How many of you guys use the Bible app and are part of a group on that? Uh, I, I know for me, my wife and I just went through the New Testament together last year, and we just, it's like a chapter a day. It's a pretty simple thing, but it's just something I wanted to do with my wife. But it's like, you can see where each other are. You can make comments on it. Super cool. Encourage you guys to get it. Start a plan. You know, ask, you know, sit before the Lord. Acknowledge him and say, Lord, what would you have me to do to read your word? And sometimes it's just like, hey, just open up the gospel of John and start reading. Um, there's the one-year Bible, of course, um, and then individual books of studying him. But the second part of this is a prayer life. Um, it's not just praying before you eat, you know, not just praying like while you're at church, but it's an intentional, intentional act of seeking the Lord through prayer and talking to him. For me, well, Matthew 6, 6 says this, but you, this is Jesus saying it, but you, when you pray, it's not a, it's not a, if you pray, it's when you pray, go into your room and when you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. If you guys are struggling in your prayer life, Jesus lays it out pretty clear here. What the beginning steps of having a prayer life with him. Obviously, we're, the word says that we're supposed to pray without ceasing. But there's, there's a deeper relationship there. It says, go into your room. And when you shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. For me, getting on my knees and just... And, and humbling myself before the Lord and, and out loud praying to him uh, started changing my prayer life dramatically. Um, and it's these simple things that we have to set goals and be intentional about. And I want to encourage you guys in this. It's, we're just called to simply seek him. And it's not supposed to be this religious or dogmatic thing. It's It's reminding ourselves when we get into the word, even though I don't feel like reading the Bible today, I don't feel like praying in my room today, but Lord, what you did on the cross for me to have this relationship, I know you didn't, he wanted to do it, but the, man, the flesh part of him did not. Yeah. And it says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So I'm going to do it anyways, because I want to seek you. Does that make sense? So what you're saying is there's days you don't want to read your Bible. <laughs> there's days that I sometimes don't read my Bible. Anybody else go through that? Or is Joe the only one? No. I go through it all the time. All the time. Like, you know what sounds better? Not reading the Bible. <laughs> I, like, look, let's be honest. He just said it. The flesh is a wicked now. That's why I had to die and be crucified. Um, and it becomes decision time. And you watch. In that obedience of seeking him... And that obedience of having, like, it feels, when I first started, and sometimes even now, getting on my knees, and I don't know how many of you have done that, but getting on your knees, alone in your room, there's no one there that will look at you, but you feel like the biggest cheese ball ever. Yep. And then you're praying out loud, <laughs> and you know, like, remind yourself who God is. Amen. Remind yourself that God is the creator of the universe, that you're a child of the creator of the universe. 
and he wants to have a relationship with you. And this is how he decided to do it. He decided it, he decided for us, like Jesus says, to go in our room alone and to pray to him. And to pray about everything with him. And to sit there quiet before him sometimes. And you know, it's just between you and him. Because on the day of judgment, when, it, when, when we're standing there, when you die, it's just going to be you and the Lord. Yep. Can I interject real quick yes. something? Just, just what, I just want you guys to understand. Take, be creative in your walk with the Lord. Or be free, not creative, but be free to walk with the Lord. If you go home and you're like, I'm praying out loud, I don't like it. Don't do it. If your knees, you got arthritis and you're like, dude, that's killing. Like, lay flat on your face. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, do it standing up. Go for a walk. Start a prayer journal. This is the guy that told me to get a prayer blanket like three months ago. So I got a little blankie. <laughs> It's a camo blankie from when my baby firstborn was born. It's tiny. I like, wrap myself up, and it's like, there's dumb. Like you said, I'm, I'm so glad I get up before there's my family, because they would think I lost it. I wouldn't even do that. No. Yeah, hey. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know your friends, because uh, they'll get you to do things they wouldn't do. But I must have been the Lord. <laughs> read a chapter a day. Read a half a chapter. Read three chapters. Write and read. Like, I don't know. Um, read it to your dog out loud. Like, well, and the purpose is, ask the Lord... how can I seek you? What does it mean to seek you? Like these are, I just gave you two very simple examples. What Jesus says, Jesus says, go in your room and pray. So just go do that and watch what the Lord does, but be intentional, be consistent, be faithful with it and do it even when you don't, when your body doesn't feel like it. Okay. We see, we, we, we'll put our, our bodies through so much stress to go get fit or to whatever, but then we won't even spend time with the creator of the universe, our, our savior, our God, our father, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's watch what he does. Commit to it for, for the year. You guys good? All right. All right, so this, dos. the next one is relationships, the next role. Uh, check out Ephesians 4, 1 through, uh, or Ephesians 4, 2. Paul says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Philippians 2, 3 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each, other, each esteem others better than himself. Now, these two obviously talk about loving and, and how we're supposed to act with others, but we need to ask ourselves, who are the others in our life? Who are the, who's one another? Who's, and and we, need to rec- we need to identify what role we have in other people's lives, mm. if that makes sense. God has placed you in a specific family for a specific reason. He didn't make a mistake, even though it might feel like it. Mm-hmm. He's, like I said, he's placed you in that circle of friends for a reason. And so, if you take a look at, on your own time, take a look at Ephesians 5 and 6, take a look at Colossians 3, Paul lists out how we're supposed to respond in these different relationships, but it's just being conscious of it. Sometimes we go through life and we don't even realize mm. that I'm a son to my mother, you know, especially, and those relationships change, right? I'm not the, the five-year-old little boy that, that she raised, <laughs> I'm a, I now have my own five-year-old son. 
And so those will change, and that's why it's good to just take a step back and just say, Lord, what role do I play as a leader or a servant to those around me? Yep. Uh, man, if I can reiterate what Joe's talking about, just stepping back and recognizing those roles, those relationships is huge. It's monumental. Um, I can tell you, and I did not begin to have a, a good, healthy, real relationship with my mom until five years ago. Um, 38. So 33 years old, we began to know each other as mother and son. And it is like awesome now. It's, it's way awesome. Uh, but it's been intentional, it's been hard work, it's been real, and it's been so good, and I'm so thankful. Uh, and it took stepping back and, and realizing who she was in my life, and I had to realize who I was in her life. And it seems like a no-brainer, maybe I'm a slow learner, um, I don't know. Uh, and relationships do change and shift. I remember when I had two boys and two girls, my first little girl was born, like, oh my goodness, her name's Kaya, she's 12 now, she bosses horses around, it's like, what is this? Um, but she was born like, someday, some loser's going to come and convince you that he's better than I am. He's going to be wrong, but he's going to convince you, and he'll marry you, and I'll have to hate him forever. And I, I remember telling my wife, like, someone's going to come steal her from me. And then I was like, oh, I'm the guy that stole you from your dad. Like, <laughs> uh, but relationships change, and it's okay, and I'll, I'll learn not to hate him, I think. And uh, no, it, it'll be good. I've already determined. I have four kids. I'll just have eight, right? They're just, it's going to be the same. But anyways, um, so we talk about these three specific relationships I just want to focus on tonight. And again, go and make your own list, okay? But here's the three that the Lord brings me to focusing on uh, often and even right now in a, in a big way that we're to be faithful in the little things, okay? Do not set up these monumental, uh, unattainable goals. These are just baby steps towards the relationships that you already have, okay? Be faithful in the little things. And God says, if you can be faithful in the little, I'll reward you with more. I will bless you. Don't worry about the more. Don't worry about the blessings, the peace, the contentment, the joy, the future husband or wife or kids or whatever. I'll take care of that. Just foster what you have. Water the seed I've given you. And when it grows and multiplies, you'll be blown away. Don't let it die. Okay, does that make sense? And so these three things, one, be faithful in the little things of your family. Now that looks very different for me than maybe it does for most of you. Uh, I've been married for like 17 years. We have four kids. Uh, I have in-laws. It, it might look different, but within our home, I need to be faithful in the little things with my family, my wife, my children, uh, to me, my in-laws, and then to be faithful with friends. Be just even ask the question, go home, Lord, have I been a faithful friend or have I just been fun? Hmm. Have I been a faithful friend? And for some of you, you need to ask the Lord, why won't I step into a friendship? Why do I live my life so alone? He'll answer. Guys, don't, don't beat yourself up. Ask him, Lord, search my heart. I see fellowship is important in the word. You say it and you've never been wrong. So why do I have such a hard time with it? Let him answer you. Let him walk you into it. He's a very gentle God. I love that. When it says, we talked about it, draw near to the Lord and then he will draw near to you. Uh, God's not a bully. He's not going to force himself upon you. He's a gentleman. He will let you approach him and then he will approach you. It's a wonderful experience. But to be faithful in the little things of your family, to be faithful in the little things with your friends, and then uh, to be faithful with the feelings of romance, right? Like, what? Um, 
the reality is, at some point, you will find someone that you want to kind of commit to spending the rest of your life with. Uh, there's no greater commitment outside of that giving your life to the Lord. And so you need to be faithful in guarding that now, okay? And you need to be faithful in guarding that after marriage, by the way. That is not an issue that dies at the altar of holy matrimony. Guarding purity and intimacy and oneness is a lifelong pursuit. It's very important. Um, For me, now this is the way it looked, okay, just for fun. Uh, For me, family, this is what the Lord's been just impressing upon my heart. And for me, it takes days. This isn't answered in an instant, but it is, it's relatively short. I started asking the Lord, can you show me? And he started showing me, uh, talking about friends, right? Joel's like, hey, your kids are old enough to take them through the, the New Testament one-year Bible. I was like, you're right. So we're doing that. <laughs> I was like, that's a, that's a great idea. Good job, friend Joe. Like, and so we've been doing that. We're on day seven. Uh, it's been a blast going through the, the New Testament together. And we're doing that as a family uh, different time of the day, but we're doing it. It's all over the place. I know the one thing the Lord has impressed upon my heart for my kids is just be discerning of them. Just be sensitive to them. Just know what they need today. Some days they need a stern, strict dad. Yeah. Other days they need a gracious dad. I'm like, oh man, where's the fun in that? Um, I'm just kidding. But just can, this year, you need to be sensitive and discerning to where your kids are at, where their heart's at. Look past their actions and see their heart. Okay, that's what I want to do this year. I want to see the heart of my children. Um, Faithful with friends. I have benefited so much from the handful of friends in my life this last year of encouragement and consistency and steadfastness. The Lord's been like, you need need to be an encourager this year to your friends. All right, you've sucked them dry. Like, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But like, hey, everything that you've seen modeled for you so well of just consistency and steadfastness and encouragement, now it's time to begin to do those things. Like, all right, I can do that. Um, and then just, right, for me, romance is easy, married, uh, so I know the who. And it's just, looks. do you have enough time to know her, to talk to her, to put everything else aside and, and to be with her, to, to really focus in and know that she's more important than anything else? Um, so that's it. For me, that was like, I don't know how to do that. And I was like, honey. One hour a day, every Monday, we're doing something together. She's like, okay. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's more for me than for her. Um, we're going to get coffee or we're going to go, you know, I don't know, kick rocks or something. But uh, <laughs> sit down with those relationships in your life and say, Lord, what are you calling me to? And he'll show you. It might be as simple as just, you just need to be more discerning to where people are at right now. You need to be open to not just being a fun friend, but a faithful one. Uh, you need to start guarding your purity in a whole different way, right? Um, so we have our role as a child of God. We have our role within relationships. And then this last one, uh, before we close out, if you guys have questions or you want to kind of go on with this stuff, uh, you're more than welcome to kind of ask some questions. Joe knows all the answers. It'll be wonderful. Uh, but your role in society, okay? Now, when we say society, it's a much bigger, broader term than uh, maybe what might first come to mind. But what's wonderful, Jesus and this lawyer have this battle. He's like, what's the biggest, most important question that there is? And he talks about loving the Lord and loving your neighbor. And he poses the question, well, 
who is my neighbor? And we get the story of the Good Samaritan, the most unlikely person being the greatest servant of all to the most unlikely people. And uh, th- it answers the question that we're to be involved wherever we are and that God has placed you wherever your home is, your neighbors are on purpose, like for real. And you are called to be a real influence on the street that you live on. Um, look, we were joking around earlier, but Joe lives in Ontario Ranch and Martin and it was like, that's their city. They're like the mafia of Ontario Ranch, right? This is my town. And I, I own Chino. My name is David Axe Chino. Okay, it's my town. No, I'm just kidding. But take some ownership as if they didn't know, right? I'm getting I lost. Were, I thought you were the mayor. I am, I am the mayor. He, she just doesn't know it yet, right? Um, no, but the role in society you are a neighbor to your neighbors for a very real reason. You got to own it. You got to wake up every day and realize those people I'm supposed to influence one way or another. Like it or not, easy or difficult, that's one of my roles in this life. And there's your neighborhood. There's the church that you serve in. And you begin to ask yourself this question. The church that you attend, I would assume for most of you, this is your home church. But if you left your home church, would anyone's walk be be negatively influenced at all? Even if you just pick up trash when you're here, would there be more trash because you left? Would there be people in children's ministry whose kids aren't as well taken care of? People parking cars, right? Would there be one last guy with the light stick and the vest out in the parking lot? If you left, if you departed, would it matter? You have a role in the body of Christ. You have a role within your neighborhood. You have a role within your state. You have a role within your country. You have a Christian duty to be busy about your father's business, like the Good Samaritan, anywhere you are. Um, Matthew 5, you know the, the passage, but let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Um, I'm just going to steal one more minute and then I'll let you have it. But you know what's crazy? The disciples are having some problems. There's someone who's demon-possessed. Sounds like a problem to me. And uh, they're trying to help this guy out and nothing's working. They've seen things happen before. They've been involved in miraculous works and the casting out of demons. And this one is just ain't going like it normally had. And they come to Jesus and he says, it's because of your unbelief. It's a faith issue. Most things when it comes to our role in life, when it's not working out right, it's a faith issue. We won't yield to the fact that we don't get to do what we want or we're not willing to do what we're supposed to. It's a faith issue. We don't trust God. And so he says, look, if you were willing, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, this tiny little bit, you could say move to, you could tell that mountain to move and it would move. And you know that mountains, when Jesus is walking and talking on earth, mountains were a representation of powerful governing nations and kingdoms. You, you could reference the nation or the, the power of Babylon as the mountain, mount, you know, we have Mount Baldy uh, to the north. We have all these different mountains. There's Mount Whitney, Mount Babylon, Mount Rome. And he says, you could conquer Rome if you had enough faith. You could literally undermine and move mountains. You could persuade kingdoms if you had enough faith. Guys, we could change the world. 
if we'd own our role and step out in faith. But I'll let you run with, and it, it's simple, so simple. Tell them how simple, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it, what's it practically look like, right? What does it practically look like, look like to, to own that role in these different these different sections of the society, right? Um, I just want to, first, the broad overarching, right? Commandment of to love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, but also to love our neighbors as self. But then Jesus goes on into the Great Commission, right? It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. As followers of Christ, that is our Great Commission. That is what our focus, that is our mission. That is what we're supposed to be going after for those around us in this world. I mean, how many of you can tell that the world is getting shaken up a little bit, huh? That it's getting darker, that things are uneasy, right? We don't know. Well, I guess we know who our president is. We still don't really know until he's sworn in, right, our president. But it's crazy, right? Capitol Hill was <laughs> ransacked yesterday. <laughs> Nuts. And the world sees all of that, right? Everyone's seeing that. But then what's our, our response as believers? It's recognizing that we're citizens of the kingdom of God before we're citizens of this world, right? And that we have a great commission to go make disciples. Uh, and yes, we're part of this community. We're part of, I call it the four C's, the church, and we're, we're a citizen in this country. Uh, and then we have our own careers, our jobs, so we're employees, right? And those are the overarching broad strokes of society. But I want to throw this verse at you. This is something that David and I have talked about. A few others have talked about. Um, it just happened to come up before this uh, service started with, with a, a new friend of mine. And uh, in John 5, 34 through 35, I want you to recognize a couple of things. Uh, how, how often he tells, he says you, and how often he says love. But he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you were my disciples if you have love for one another. Who's this one another that Jesus is talking to? Who's he talking to in this passage? He's talking to the disciples. He's saying that the world will know that you're my, my disciple, that you're a follower of Christ by your love for one another. And you can see it happening in this world today. That as we love one another in this church, as we love another, one another as a body of Christ, it is a light, just like that scripture in Matthew 5. It is a light to the world around us. And it starts there. And so it's almost killing two birds with one stone, right? It's like, if you're loving one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord, in the church, that is also going to be an example of love to the outside world and to the community and to the society that you live in. So I would ask, in your prayer time, ask the Lord, what does that look like? How am I supposed to love my brothers and sisters? And I would say, I would ask you, do you serve in the church currently somewhere? Are you ministering to someone? God is, there's no accident that you are sitting in this church. There's no accident if you even go to another church on Sunday. It's no accident that we're, but we're the body of Christ. We're all different members. There's this, this story comes to mind 
of of David one time. Oh boy. <laughs> where we were talking about <clears throat> I don't know where we were. We were standing in a leadership meeting and he says we were talking about being you know you know the passage that says we're all different members uh of the but we're all one body and God's and Jesus is the head, right? And David's like, "Well, I I don't mind. I'll be the hangnail of the body." <laughs> I was like I was like the rest of the body rips the hangnail off, man, and we throw that away. <laughs> and so I, it's been nice it's like you're just you. being a pain. <laughs> but we are, we have a role to play in the body of Christ. And we need to take ownership of that. Ask the Lord, what is my role here? And that will change as you go. Like for me, I, I didn't know where to serve. I was like, I don't know, Lord. I just want to start serving. And so I went into the high school ministry and said, Lord, like I asked Shadrach, I don't know where I'm supposed to go, but this seems like the right spot. And for a like year and a half, all I did in high school ministry was open the door for kids to go to the bathroom or tell them, no, you can't go to the bathroom, go sit down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like that's all I did. And it, I learned so much during that time of just sitting there before the, like getting to hear study after study and to see what God has done in my life. I'm blown away because it is yep. all him. Yep. And um, so I would ask you, are you involved in church? If you're not, we have servants quarters here at the church. This you, Sunday, I think. Is it this Sunday? I think so. Uh, go to servants quarters. Yeah, it's this Sunday. Just sit in there. Anybody that serves in the church, if I'm correct, has to go through servants quarters anyway. So just go see and step out in faith and watch what God does. It took, I was scared out of my mind to go talk to Shadrach and say, hey, I want to go serve in high school ministry. And, and now looking back, it wasn't that big a deal, but it was just that step of faith and saying, I'm not doing this for, for anyone else but to serve you, Lord. And because you put me in this position, like in this church. If you are serving in this church already, or in a church, I would ask you to ask the Lord, how would you want me to grow? What new areas would you want me to pursue in this? Um, and watch what just being involved in the church does. Yeah. But also, we are citizens in this city. We are citizens in this county, in this state, in this country. And we're called to stand for truth and righteousness. And even more so, we need to be able to recognize what truth and righteousness is and to, and to know when to stand up for it in the right way. We always stand up for it, but there's a correct way of doing it. It's not, not well, yep. I was going to say not storming Capitol Hill, but maybe it is. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a not conversation my, for maybe a different time yeah. when the camera's not rolling. I'm just, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but these are real questions we have to ask ourselves, right? These are real tough things that we have to recognize. That, like, I am a part of this world, even though I'm not of this world, I'm in the world, right? So what would you have me do, Lord? Yeah, amen. Um, you know, something, this is one of... I mean, I can't say it's one of your favorite verses, but I hear it out of Joe all the time. Uh, the love one another thing. Is it one of your favorite verses? I don't yes. Know. Anyways, um, I was thinking about it like, man, what has left one of the most biggest impressions in my life? Is it someone who was like super powerful and athletic? Like, I was maybe, maybe impressed in the moment, but nah, I, I've already forgotten their name. 
Was it someone who was uh, very successful in business and rich? Like, oh, maybe it was impressive when you're walking through their house, but then you go to your house and you're like, well, whatever, forget that guy. Uh, you know the people you'll never forget? The ones that just genuinely looked you in the face and listened and loved you. And they were there when you needed something. That is literally the most powerful force on earth. Not money, not influence, not athleticism, not how attractive you are, none of that. Car you drive, it's all forgotten. But when you can be loving towards someone, it will bring the world and you'll give them Jesus. Um, I'm just going to close with one statement here in a moment, but I know talking through these roles and it's, it's kind of all over the place, or maybe it's not, I don't know, but to go home and to think through these specific roles. And if you guys have a question or, or something you want to go on for an extra minute or two with before we wrap it up, uh, but there's that role of being a child of God. Really, you know that you are a child of God and then how are you going to pursue that? That's the goal. Begin to identify your role in relationships. Can be family, friendships, if you have a romantic interest, if you're married, if you have kids, whatever, like know those roles. And then ask the Lord, Lord, impress upon my heart. What is my role? What am I supposed to be doing right now in that? And that might change halfway through the year. You never know. Um, I think I told you guys, I remember this was about a year ago, being super mad that my kids were leaving trash around and their jackets on the floor and all this crazy stuff. Uh, And I was like, why can't they just put their stuff away and help each other do it? And the Lord was like, well, why don't you show them how to put stuff away and help them do it? Like, oh, <laughs> I guess I should be an example for a while. Uh, that was hard. But it was good. And then the third one, just your role in society, owning your neighborhood, being involved in your church, and committed to your country. Father, we, I rejoice. I thank you so much for your patience with us, for the wisdom that you give, for the hope that we can have in Jesus that we don't have to figure it out or be in control. Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters that in the, the next day or two, there'd be that diligence to sit alone with you at your feet, to write out and to go through just who they are. A child of God, a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, a coworker, a student, a friend, Well, the list will be long. A dog owner, (laughs) a neighbor. Lord, uh, the receiver of mail from the mailman. (laughs) I mean, it, it can go. And then, Lord, give clarity as to how we ought to manage ourselves with those. In Jesus' name, amen. 